Hello everyone and welcome back to the Grumpy Pony podcast. So during lockdown I said I was going to get back and do some more podcasts. Finally managed to get Tony and Mark in to do the podcast. So without further ado, let's get on with it. So as I said, I've got Tony with me. Say hello Tony. Hello Tony. Oh, I knew you'd do that. And we've got Mark. So Mark, welcome. Your first podcast. Yeah. Hello everybody. Hello. So, like we normally do with these podcasts, podcasts, podcasts. I have a do couple of things. No, 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 don't worry about it. One take. One um, take. We've got a couple of things. Just want to go through and just sort of bullet points. We'll go through and just get your opinions on stuff. So, without further ado, the first thing I want to talk about is obviously ninth edition forty k. Now, you two are much more sort of up on forty k than me. So I really want to get your guys' feelings on the new edition, what you like, what you're not so keen on, all of it. So who wants to go first? Me? Uh, okay. And I think I could put money on what you're not keen on. Well, I'm not keen I'm not, I'm not going to talk about what I'm not keen on. Because <laughs> that's not so much ninth edition, that's, that's a new chapter. So a uh, new, new, new... What chapter was that, Simon? Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're talking about ninth edition. We're not going to talk about any new Space Marine Codex that might have screwed over some anti-Xenos primaris Space Marines. That's all we're going to say. Uh, ninth edition. So uh, I've actually just played my first proper game in ninth edition today with Mark, uh, which was good. It's a lot more to think about. Uh, it is. It is um, not quite so much of a straight-up chucker as I think Ben was uh, thinking it was going to be this morning. Um, I'm always expecting a straight up chucker with you on the on the table, mate. Well, it's what it is. Uh, it's a lot to try and take in to think about um, what you're trying to achieve, what your opponent's trying to achieve. Um, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's just a, a lot to take in all at once. Um, I think with practice, I'll probably get better at it. Um, but it feels like a whole new kettle of fish. And um, what were we saying earlier? We like the turn, like turn ones become, especially with all the extra terrain, there's line of sight blocking terrain now. So turn one, which used to be so key for blasting your opponent off the table, that seems to be less of a problem now. Certainly my Imperial Guard struggled to blast anything off the table. <laughs> I think I killed four Marines and two of those got back up on the first turn. I think it's important to say as well, that obviously we're playing match play today so obviously ninth edition has mm. catered for all different kinds of players you know with the open play and the uh, crusade games and the match play but obviously we're predominantly match play you know, match played gamers yeah um probably would class ourselves high end you know we've I'd, I'd say you are i'd like to think I'd we're say competitive you players i mean mark's certainly high end we won't say why, but... Well, I, I have a trophy now. I mean, I'd like to bring it up, but... Yes. Were, we, were you second in the world? We were second in the world, as in Warhammer. Warhammer World. Yeah. Uh, doubles tournament last year, maybe the year before, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I, I'd definitely say you are. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, what I like, and I think you're right as well, the fact that it does cater for people like me who don't necessarily play as competitively. So all of my games at night so far have been Crusade games. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm really interested in the Crusade mm. stuff. I, I, I like that they've kind of fleshed out the ability to do a narrative. I know uh, Mark and I and a couple of other people, we were looking at doing... We were doing something similar mm. pre-lockdown mm. without any of these rules. And to know that they're there now could have made a really interesting narrative element for, for, for the games that we were playing. I, 
I do have a fear that it will end up um, kind of like how the old Necromunda tournaments and Necromunda campaigns used to be, where very quickly units can start becoming really overpowerful, but until we kind of play through it. Yeah, and I think we, we've said it before as well, that with anything like that, although you've got the rule set given to you by Games Workshop or, or whoever it might be, it's really down to the players making some agreements beforehand. House rules, I think, are really important there to stop those sort of things happening and stop people sort of gaming it. But it's a narrative thing, so you're normally going to get players that aren't necessarily going to be min-maxing as much and, and things like that anyway. But I think it's down to the players themselves to sort of work it out. Yeah, but I think it's, it's about attitude, isn't it? Mm. And it's about you know having people that are wanting to play Crusade that want to play it in the right mm frame of mind equally as much as you've got people that want to play match play and play it that way exactly know? exactly we're, we're all sticking for rules if you're playing match play and crusade i would say it's probably more a guideline it's a bit looser yeah, yeah absolutely yeah you know and you're not getting into that tournament world of it having to be a set way because yeah. it's competitive you can really do what you want with it yeah and, and then you know up, opens up some great options i think yeah and they've got ways of balancing it you know the crusade points i think can think can be used to balance it as well you know, it's never going to be perfect, but it's a narrative, so it's going to be a bit looser and it's going to be a bit easier, I suppose, to be a bit, a bit wonky. And what I did find quite interesting, I, mean, I, did, I didn't want to talk about Space Marine Codex. It's still, <laughs> yeah, it's still a bit dragging of a it point. up. Yeah. I can still um, taste those salty tears <laughs> in here. All the flavours in the world um, you chose to be salty. But uh, if the Space Marine Codex is anything to go by, I like the fact that they, they gave like some, some basic rules for the Crusade with the rule book. Mm. But with the Space Marine Codex, you've got stuff that's specifics for Space Marines. Yeah. So if they're going to do a crusade, they've got their own thing that they're kind of they've got their own abilities yeah. and stuff. And if they're going to do that with all of the codexes, then it will help to drive that narrative. I well, think. yeah. Because they're going to have different objectives. You know, the Tyranids are not going to have the same objectives as Space Marines. Yeah. I think was as well. What I really like about it is it's taken a a, a bit of a lead from Warcry, where the crusade is essentially your own personal journey you don't have to play the same people all the time mm. so it happens all the time doesn't it? you start a crusade or a campaign with someone one person drops out and all of a sudden everyone else is like oh we've got to rehash it and try and make it work now because yeah, yeah. the other person drops out now you don't have to rely so much on that you can just do it yourself and if you're playing your regulars great but you can use any game you want to sort of add to it yeah that's very true i hadn't really thought of it like that it's you know it's a bit more linear for one person and you yeah. probably you can do a a probably a decent campaign with three or four players and not need the days of your where we had sort of eight or ten players in the net mm. campaigns but three people will play four games in a week and then their games will be you know mm. insane it's not it's not like that anymore they've sort of set all their campaigns and i think it's a great direction to go in mm. to allow you to have just a small group of friends maybe two three of you that can all run a campaign and have all your own yeah. goals and especially with you know lockdown and, mm. or, 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 or social distancing as it is if you've got small groups of gamers you know we can start these campaigns in our own little small groups and you know as and when things start to get back to normal you know your journey your you know your your, your crusade army you can find other people that are in a similar mm. I mean, it doesn't need to be exactly the same because they cater for that with the crusade yeah. but um uh the fact that you can you can sort of mix mix with other groups and such and and, and do so in a, in a in a structured way loosely structured way is, is really good yeah i think generally though if i was to sum up ninth edition i loved eighth edition and i think it's basically taken all the good fundamentals of eighth and improved it i think it's a better edition i think we're gonna have a, a crazy year of codexes being all over the place and 
it not really fitting in and working. But I think once we get back to the point we were a year and a half ago where all the codexes are out, everything was right in eight, mm. I think it'll right itself. I think you've got to have a bit of faith in it, especially if you match play. There are armies that have done really well out, chapter approved, points cost, and some that have done very badly. And the new codexes are bringing a lot of, lot of, uh, <laughs> lot of stratagems to the board. But I think the, the Marine Codex is definitely not as powerful as it was. It's balanced. I think the Necron Codex has got a bit stronger, which they needed to do. So I'm hoping it's going to, you know, they're going to find a nice yeah. balance. They've got some good guys working on it. Um, but I think generally my overall opinion of Knight would be it's a better edition than I yeah. just need to bear with it for the next year or so. Yeah, I, I think it's good. I mean, it's funny, like being in the shop, you hear loads of sort of weird complaints you wouldn't really expect. And the, one of the biggest ones I heard, which really, what I thought was a bit random, really was people complaining that the table size was going to be changed. Do you think it's affected things? Uh, I think when you've played on a 6x4 table since 1996... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, well, us guys out, or maybe even earlier, I can't yeah. remember. Well, we, we've been playing on 6x4 yeah, I mean, for a I long time. I started yeah. when I was 11, 37 now, so we're a long time ago. 26 right? years, yeah. quarter of a century. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, it's an impact in that respect, but I actually see why the tables have shrunk. Mm. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and it, you don't have to stick to that as well. No, I mean, exactly. It says minimum size, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. So, again, we're talking match play for versus... Match play, yeah. yeah. Match, for match play, play states it has to be that size, but yeah. that's the regulations, right? But, yeah. We always said like, some, of the, some of the best games we played many, many moons ago were smaller forces on mm. a big table without the turn limits and stuff. You can do, you can do it, but that's when you're getting really into the narrative element of it, and, and there's nothing stopping you from doing that. No, not at But all. in a match play environment... A five hundred point game, spread over a big table, can especially if you're a combat army, can be a bit um, demoralising, I suppose, because yeah. you're never going to do anything. Mm. But I think, I think six by four, I would, I would like to have seen it stay six by four. Um, and there was a lot of arguments for the reason it's been shrunk is because now, virtually every part of the table has a little conflict going on. Whereas before, you could literally be fighting just on one half of the table yeah. and then. A whole three foot by four foot would be wasted. Whereas now it does feel, going on the games that I've played and the games we played today, there was pockets, there was flanks. There were, I mean, putting intervening terrain in the middle of the board, mm. obscuring terrain that you can't see through, creates yeah, creates bat, you know battles on the flanks and in the centre, and it creates better games. I think. Yeah, I think well, I've seen it when you know you, you see the difference when when people are playing from eighth as well. You'd have you know, maybe a lot of these armies as well would just be spread out right along yeah, the whole just two table. lines at yeah, middle. Yeah, and, and then that would be it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I've seen people play ninth, it's, it's much more varied. You can't just sort of guess exactly what's going on just by looking at the table now. So I, th- I think it's great. Yeah, and I think with match play, the fact that there's a lot more objectives you sort of need to go and get that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily yours, your home ones. Like today, you had four transports. Yeah. How often did guard have that? It just did, You didn't see it in eight. It, mm. it wasn't... There were some people that took them, but you know, it was nice to see some Valkyries out or Vendettas or whatever, yeah. and um, some Chimera. You know, it was nice to see a bit of mobility and the board moved. You know, there was, yeah. there was definitely parts of the board that were shifting around. So mm. it was nice to, it's nice to see the movement phase mean something again. Because yeah. before it was literally walk forward six inches. Well, I mean, you know, shoot, I, walk forward six inches, shoot. You might know, as well have muskets. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've right. got that Cadian army. Mm. Uh, midway through 8th edition and I pl- only played a couple of games with it in 8th edition and on pretty much both occasions it was 
designed as a static gun line. I had a, you know, a bunch of infantry standing in front of a bunch of tanks and I just blasted everything until there was nothing left. Mm. And that was not an option anymore in this edition, which is a good thing. Definitely, definitely a good thing. The castling has gone. I've got a small castle going on with my Dark Angels at the moment. It's quite a mean feat. I'm sure it'll be picked up by many of the top gamers out there, what they'll be doing. You know, it's, it's hard to kill. You will see little pockets, but even still, I have to have mobility in my list. I can't hedge my bets on having one castle now. That doesn't exist. You can't just sit there and blow your opponent off the table yeah. and hope to win. That's not how it is because they can obviously manoeuvre and score points before you know you get a chance to score them, mm. and they're important. They're worth you know big points. So yeah, I mean it's nice to see mobility, and with a smaller table, you still get the conflicts going on, but they're a little bit more close and personal sometimes. And sometimes they've got a bit of distance because the table's smaller that you can have a bit of a longer range yeah. fight, you know? Well, and, and the terrain having much more of an impact, yeah, it means you've got, to, you've got to deal with it. You can't just shoot through everything. <laughs> I mean, it's been, what, seven editions since you had proper line of sight? Um, you, you could effectively hide your guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been, been a long, long time. And I think it needed to happen. I mean, a lot of it come off the back of some... ITC tournaments that were played in 8th edition that had their own house rules of you couldn't shoot through ground mm. floors of windows and stuff and yeah. you know it, it gave Assault Armies a chance to get up to things which sadly unless you're playing an Assault Army that drops out the sky and has a chance of charging you from 7 inches if you've got plus 2 to your charge with a reroll you know you're generally using a bit of trouble as a Assault Army but now I think it's opened it up and it gives you half a chance so I think the game is more balanced mm. definitely better balanced I'd be really interested to start thinking about my Tyranids again and like with that line of sight blocking terrain be able to Well I've terrain. noticed with the Gene Steel Occult now that you you know, whereas before like half your army would just be deleted, at least now, like you can hide them and you can get them places and yeah, they're not gonna take loads of fire still, but they're still gonna survive a little bit longer. Yeah. And it makes it all just a little bit more interesting and the terrain and stuff becomes a little bit more important for me. And thematically, makes more sense. They would be hiding all these little nooks and crannies and mm. stuff. So. And I think the boards look better with more terrain on, right? We've yeah. always said that. You know, always, yeah, yeah. You've always Lots liked to pack board. And, you know, we're not saying literally have like two inch channels going all the way around between each bit yeah. of scenery, right? But, you know, you can pack a board out. It works nicely and it adds lots of you know firing lines which i guess you would have in cities and you'd have in you know, yeah it's like narratively it works yeah, it like does. You, especially when you whenever you like hear any of the books or like you read any of the books or anything it's always like you know buildings on buildings on buildings it's really claustrophobic yeah but then you know when you look at some of the older tables it's just empty fields like football pitches. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> me on the green yeah. i mean you know you think about that old green board that we spent all our things on oh. which had it was it was a wooden board with green flock on and most of the green flock had come off. Well, it, was, it was green paint that had sand, robbed through sand in it. <laughs> and it probably lasted. I think it's still going now. It's still right? going now. But it's gone back to like bare wood, parts of it. Like the paint was peeled off and all the sand's <laughs> come out. Yeah, that's had some action on it, that, that table over the years. But again, we, we would fill it up with scenery. And it's, it's yeah. nice. It's I, nice th I think that's the way you've got to do it. Yeah, I, think, I think it's the same for Sigmar as well. Yeah, the other thing is like it's more interesting with like lots of thing, things going on because you've got to think about it more. You can't just go there goes everything up front. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. So cool. So we all agreed that ninth is awesome. Oh yeah, I prefer yeah. it. I mean, yeah, I can't think of anything bad that's happened in ninth edition. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, Tony's first game was a loss, so it's awesome. Well, you know, 
<laughs> I have a trophy, don't you know? I mean, how can I compete with the second best? Yeah, second best, don't you know? Have I ever mentioned that? I don't think I've mentioned yeah. it. No. Surprised. So, hobby-wise, what is... I know, Tony, you're a monster that doesn't paint your own stuff, but hobby-wise, what are you excited about? Have you got anything someone else is working on for you that you're excited about? The <laughs> uh, Vindicare. Say again? The Vindicare. Oh, yeah. Vindalorian. So, uh, the Vindalorian Assassin. So if any of you have watched uh, the Mandalorian series, have we all watched the Mandalorian? No, I have, yeah. No. Uh, okay, well, the Mandalorian is an awesome series, and uh, I found a company, sad to say Ben wasn't offering it, but um, <laughs> I have found a very cool uh, model that looks like a Mandalorian, <laughs> but will be an excellent Vindicare Assassin, complete with a snot in a floating pram. Baby Yoda, right? Baby Yoda, yeah. It's great. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting that one on the table. I mean, I already have two Vindicare Assassins. Yeah, but he's going to have to be on there. You have to see him on the table. I think he's going to look cool. But I think he will be the one that gets... If I'm only fielding one, he's definitely going to be the one once he's up on the table. And you're excited because you've got a pro-pro painter painting it. Yeah. Yeah, very looking forward to getting... uh, At Painting Sullies, I think it is. His... um, his Instagram tag on Instagram yeah painting Sally's he's uh, he is, he is a school friend of ours he's a yeah, painter he really is I had a look at his Instagram yeah it's one of those ones where you're like oh it's can't I'm jealous yeah yeah I started mine and uh, I've got like three models on it and I've been doing a load of conversion work and base spraying and trying to get myself back at the painting mm. station but I'm painting everything I'm not using, Ben. I know, mate. I remember you saying that the other day. I'm running around with uh, undercoated black armies at the moment. Losing 10 uh, points. Yeah, losing 10 points. That's why it was a close game. (laughs) Somebody else had painted all my army. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's the point, though. What's your opinion on that? Because I quite like that. The idea that it encourages people to bring a painted army. So the argument was, and again, from a competitive point of view, a lot of independent tournament organisers were saying... You can bring unpainted bottles. Right. Because this, there's aspects to the hobby. Yep. Tone, you, you don't like painting. You never have done. It's not, never really it's, been your thing. It's never drawn. And there are people out there that don't want to paint. Yep. But there are people out there that want to paint. So what they've done there is say, look, you can use unpainted armies. Mm. But if you put an extra bit of effort in, you're going to, every game you play, you get a 10% oh, increase. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think it's I think, great. Yeah, I think it's a good, good idea. As somebody that doesn't really enjoy the painting element of it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't feel great when you've got two really nicely painted yeah, eyes yeah. on the table. Yeah. Like, it looks awesome. Uh, and, I, and, and I wish I was more interested in painting, but I'm just not. I haven't got the patience for it. Um, but I love playing a game when you've got two armies that look great. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and also know a friend of ours, Gavin, that he's just starting a um, Primaris army. But Ben, you've obviously just painted your uh, Chaos guys, the Age of Sigmar guys. Yeah. Full contrast. Pretty much. pretty much, yeah, right? pretty much. So yeah. There's no real excuse that you can't get a painted army with a one base coat color and three different colors. Yeah, there's no excuse. There's no real excuse, no. you know, other than bone idle laziness. Well, yeah, I mean, as long as you lean into it, you know what I mean. It's just, uh, but, but again, it's not saying you have to do it, hmm. but it's giving you the option of look. If you want to play with unpainted models, you're just going to be at a slight disadvantage. Yeah. And they're encouraging people to try and do all aspects of the hobby, which yeah. is fine. But I, if you're I think really so. not into it, you'll just have a little hindrance of it. Yeah. 
No, I agree. And again, that's only really going to be for match play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And if, you, if, you, if you're with a group of friends and you decide you don't want to play with that rule... No one's making you, uh, are they? Nobody's really kind of going to force you into it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, you're, if all your mates are really forcing you into it, then maybe that is going to encourage you to do it mm. or find somebody else to paint it for you. Yeah. Yeah, there is always that Yeah, because I'm not going to be walking in table-flipping people if there's uh, grade models on the table. I just think there's... Um, this is, I always, I've said to you a few times, Bath, isn't it? It's, it's that thing where are these just game pieces to you, or are, is, it a, yeah. is it a bit more? Is it a hobby or yeah. is it a game? Yeah. yeah, and you're right. There's a certain, and I think, and I'm not saying it's the youth of today, but when we got <laughs> in, when we got yeah, exactly right, <laughs> when we got into the hobby, a lot of the games workshop managers would be about the assembly, the painting. Mm. The game, they would try and cover all aspects of the yeah. hobby and try to get you to enjoy all aspects of the hobby. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, Games Workshop do a blue plastic for the easy to build stuff. So you can just put them down as a blue army and, you know, it it sort of works, sort of doesn't. It's sort but, of this board game yeah, element. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is, I don't know, I, I'm a bit of a stickler for it. I always, I've, I've had not arguments with people in the shop but I've said you know there's nothing beats two painted armies on the table no, that's all fantastic, like, as soon as you see just a load of grey it just takes you out of it completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really does and I won't bring anything that isn't finished and even to the point Tone you're not so happy with the way your Tyranids are painted but they're painted mm. and actually when on the board at least they've got some paint on them they've mm-hmm. got a bit of definition to yeah. you know the chip and stuff and it sort of actually it looks, it looks alright when you're playing yeah, you I know. think most of the turn are done though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I would never, I would, if someone's not made the effort, even if they're not the, the best painter in the world, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's rubbish. I wouldn't be like critical. Because no, no. I, I think there's a lot to be said. If, if they painted them, then that's their army then. There's, I'm more happy with that. Have you seen um, Duncan Rose put up the first miniature ever painted? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. starts everywhere, yeah. somewhere, right? Yeah. You know, you don't, you're not going to... Yeah, I guarantee you're not going to pick a paintbrush up and be the best. Exactly. Paint. I can't draw, I can't paint mm. on canvas or do anything like yeah. that. But I can paint miniatures because I've spent time practicing. Yeah. And just doing it over years. That's it. That's literally well, what I've And done. I think as well, there's that thing about you know being happy with the standard that you're at as well. It's like I know like some people really beat themselves up about their painting and stuff. I'm happy at the standard I'm at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 100%. I've got friends of mine that are going to like master classes and and their paintings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's brilliant like I can't knock it at all mm-hmm. but like I'm, I haven't got the desire to then take it to that level but I like I just enjoy the process of actually painting and getting it out on the table so it's like you know the giants I'm doing at the moment like I love them Look yeah. the whole thing about them it's just great so just spending say a week solid just painting a giant's kneecap for me yeah, has yeah, been yeah. amazing but I know it's never going to look like Golden Demon stand no. I'm happy with the, the stand it's going to end up because it's going to be alright be, when it's all done like yeah. a load of dad bod rocking giants no <laughs> and I think you're right I think you've got to accept that you're a certain standard but there are so many tools we live in a great mm. era of internet and videos and paint yeah. tutorials you know, there's so many people out there that have got such simple methods yeah. that you can get a reasonable looking army out really yeah. at a, and actually at a reasonable pace I mm. mean that's my problem with painting I'm so slow I paint to a nice standard but I'm so slow Yeah, and that's demoralising you know when you've yeah, so you sort of then the worst one is when you you, you want to paint quicker, you paint quicker, and you start making mistakes going yeah. back, and it ends up taking you longer. Yes, yeah, it's, it's annoying as hell. But you know, 
I don't think there's any excuse not having painted armies, but I would never ridicule anyone if they turned up without one. Yeah. You know, if that's what they want to do and that's the way they want to play, then so be it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, going on from that, so obviously with the pandemic and stuff, it's been really difficult getting everyone around and sort of playing games and chatting and, and stuff like that. It's been really difficult, especially limiting how many people can come into the shop and all that. Um, I found it quite difficult because I used to do painting tutorials in the shop. And I found it really difficult at the moment because I can't do the tutorials and maintain social distancing or anything. So I've been trying to sort of teach new people how to paint, but it's almost remotely, right? Almost, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been done I've done a couple of little videos on on things that people have asked for, um, but it's been really tough. And the other thing, I think a lot of people I've, I've been talk, talking to have been saying about using tabletop simulator and stuff like that, but it's not the same. So I've been using tabletop simulator yeah. a lot, and I've even tried to play a game of uh, Warhammer, forty um, k, on tabletop simulator. It's just a faff. Mm. I mean, I, I I've been playing a lot of board games, and a lot of the board games there's pros and cons to it. Some of the elements are a lot quicker. Um, trying to deal out cards and things like that can be a bit of a pain, or or search for cards and things like that can be a bit slower. Um, but playing 40k on tabletop simulator was just awful mm. uh, I, I, I really didn't rate it uh, for me like we said we were saying about the painting like for me my, my, my enjoyment of this is, is actually the game <coughs> I've, I've always enjoyed spending time around the table with some friends yeah that that's why I got into this that's what I enjoy yeah um and there isn't really much of a substitute for that. Tabletop Simulator has been as close as I can get, but um, it's a stopgap at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother was telling me a story about when he was trying to use it, and because I've never used it, I'm just going by what people have told me. And um, he was saying he was trying to move a model across the table, but the physics thing wasn't set right. So he nudged a bit of scenery and the whole thing just exploded into <laughs> big like, pixels going everywhere. Can, I mean, there's so much you can do. Like, it's really clever. Um, you can adjust the physics of it so you can adjust the gravity and how much things slide on the table and all of these things. And it's great. And, the, and, and there are people that have put a lot of effort mm. like designed some really cool 3D, um, 3D environments for you to play a game of 40k on. I mean, I can't really comment on it because I flat outright refuse to do it I just yeah 40k in fact any form of game 40k Sigma you know Song of Ice and Fire any game you're playing that's tabletop has to be done tabletop yeah, even role play we've done some roll 20 stuff which was bearable it was it was okay but it yeah. doesn't beat being around the table and you know and for me the 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 reason I love this hobby so much and I'm still doing it at 37 is the fact that I've got mates that I can mm. interact with and go out with and we can have a beer and, you know, we can, yeah. you know, have a bit of a banter across the table and the minute you start sort of making it just available online, it's great, it's a great tool, it's helped a lot of people, yeah. um, you know, it's allowed a lot of people to keep doing the hobby, but for me, I just sort of flat refused to do it because yeah. it wasn't what I believe this hobby is all about. Yeah. Really. Yeah, and it's one of those, it's the, the big strengths of this. I would like, it's so funny when you, when you hear some people who come into the shop who don't know anything about it, they have such weird misconceptions of what hobby is. And it's always like, oh, yeah, but I don't want my son just to be sort of locked up in a room not doing anything. It's like, 
well, then you want them doing this then because yeah. they'll be out talking to people in person. We've touched on this before in other podcasts, but so we started playing when we were like 11, 12 mm-hmm. and played these games. And then we hit about like 17, 18. And then we suddenly thought, maybe I mean, this isn't the coolest thing to do. And a lot of us stopped gaming. Or well, certainly hit it from the rest, yeah, of, the, yeah, the yeah. rest yeah. of the world. The rest of the world. We became closet gamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, what was it? Early 20s, mid 20s. And I sort of came to the realisation that um, we used to play computer games. Yeah, remember the, the days of GoldenEye when four of you would sit with a controller in front of a big TV in yeah. the little corner. But you were your mates, you were, you were sitting there. It was, a, it was an activity. And computer games have moved into that realm because of the advent of the internet and don't get me wrong it's awesome that's what I do for a living Mm -hmm. but um, it's encouraged us to be more isolated in our room with our rig headphones in yes Mm. you're still chatting to your mates you know Mark and I we played a lot of World of Warcraft we did did that over lockdown Mm -hmm. Um, like uh, you are technically interacting with your Mm -hmm. friends but you're doing so in this detached but yeah. yeah, you're doing this in, in this detached way. And it was that, that, it was that detachment that was, that's what got me back into the hobby in my sort of mid-twenties mm-hmm. because I realised what I really enjoyed. I, you know, I enjoy playing computer games. What I really enjoy is sitting around a table with my friends, chatting about it, playing the game face-to-face. Yeah, nothing beats it. I mean, I remember when we was at secondary school, uh, a friend of ours, Sam, he, him and myself were trying to get a wargaming club at, our secondary school and the argument was I it was great for mathematics you know you, you create a list that's a certain amount of points so you're looking at numbers all mm. the time you're rolling dice you're subtracting you know you're adding you're having to write list down you always write and it's actually not a bad thing for a bit of education as well mm. you know it's it's keeping your skills you know your math skills I mean I've got good mental arithmetic based on wargaming yeah you know probabilities yeah we are all good at probabilities there's only one reason we're good at probabilities yes but spreadsheets spreadsheets oh my god yeah no I draw the line at spreadsheets you've, you've, you've ruined it for yeah, me yeah you've even yeah. done me spreadsheets <laughs> <laughs> love a good spreadsheet but I mean it's, it's so funny you, you, you hear about closet gamers because I always make the joke like you never really leave the hobby and when when I worked at the independent there was, there was always those people going, oh, it's amazing, isn't it? This company, Games Workshop's doing so well and no one seems to know why. And I'm like, I can tell you why. There's a lot of closet gamers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, even to the point of, I mean, I know guys that, you know, my friends, uncles that got us into D&D. I mean, these guys are like approaching their 60s and they're mm. still doing D&D. And I'd like to think at 60, I'm still gaming, you know? Absolutely. yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, there are people, that, uh, we've had it before, that will argue it's an expensive hobby, right? That's a, that's another point that I don't really want to go down the road of, but there's no yeah, hobby I'm, you don't spend yeah, money in, right? I'm not, so, I won't have it. I, yeah. I, I won't have it. As well. it's, just an, it's, such a, it's such an easy complaint, do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it's actually sort of like a, it's just so not true. No, it's really not. Because actually, when you look at what you're getting... Well, every model Games Workshop release is probably the best quality of model in the entire world. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't, there would be other companies surpassing them. There uh, are other companies yeah. that are decent, but... But I, I use, I use this, the comparison with a computer game. So, like, if you just... You bought an Xbox game, you buy a start set, mm. right? Even if you bought the Relic, the, the, the Recruit Edition, right? You're building that, you're painting it, then you're playing a game with it. You're probably going to be getting something out of that kit 
for months, if, yeah, not, yeah. if not a if year. Not years. Yeah. 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 We still, I've still got the, those Tyranids. I started collecting them. They, yeah, they were 1990. <laughs> <laughs> a computer game. My Dark Angel Army, you know, maybe not today, but I can get some of my old original Marines back yeah. out again. You know, you so, like, you, you buy an Xbox game or something like that, realistically. You spend 50 quid, you complete it in 48 hours, you're done. Yeah, that's it. And that's you've got literally that. nothing to show for it. Mm. I, I, what did I purchase? I bought uh, Arkham Knight, Batman Arkham Knight. Amazing game. Completed it in a week. Just literally, and, and in order to complete it, you have to get 100% completion. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to go back to it. No. Awesome game. Mm. Never going to go back to it. Yeah. You know, or the other argument is, say, World of Warcraft, you pay 40, 50 quid. I mean, there's some versions of the game now that are like 80 quid just to buy because you get stuff in-game. Yeah. But you're paying a tenner a month every month to play it, or nine quid a month, plus you've paid the initial 50 quid to buy it. Yeah. You know? And there's expansions every year and a half or two as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just don't buy that argument at all when no. people say that because it's just. Plus, you've got to have a probably a six seven hundred pound PC to play on. Yeah. Or a three or four hundred pound PlayStation. You know, well, the PlayStation's almost like. Well, there's five hundred quid. Not so bad now. I, I think they've come down. The they've come down. Yeah. New ones the, coming out. That's going to be five hundred. The, the quid. PS5 yeah, is about five hundred quid. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be. So. Yeah, I, I just don't get that argument. I mean, think, make sense. think how many models you could get 500 quid. Or even you could buy an army and everything to paint it and build it and do it. 500 quid, uh, you, you would get a lot of models. You'd have changed as well. Yeah, yeah easy. Yeah. So that's a, I did. Sorry, that was, a, that was an argument. I've just set off on another oh, tangent. That's so now I'm thinking of what I'm going to do. Is <laughs> <laughs> get myself another army. So, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And the well, last one, so this came up today and I'm not letting it drop. Right. Don't make me do it. Right. So, and actually, I'm going to tie it in with actually Mantic are bringing out um, Armada, which is a fantasy battle of the high seas dwarf ship. It's like the old Man of War style. Kind of, yeah. 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 yeah, so they're bringing that out. So I've shoehorned that in as an excuse to bring this topic back up. So, earlier. Was it yes and seven? Yes. Right. Well, that was you. That's, that was just wrong. Right. So, Mark was talking about going down to Portsmouth and visiting the victory and how did it come about with so the... it started uh, Rob and I think about going down to HMS victory next week and I said that they have a token crew on board that's right yeah um, because it's still an active warship within the uh, British Navy and then it's something about the cannons came up then it was about cannons then it was about pirating and if it could go out and deal with Take on some some Somali some Somali pirates. pirates. <laughs> then Rob said, "I don't care how many AK 47s you have, the victory's still going to win." Yeah. And I said, "But they might have RPGs." Yeah. So then it was brought up: Could an RPG penetrate well, the hole? Rob made the claim, the bold claim, that the RPG wouldn't do anything to it, and I said it would blow a hole in it. No, you said it would. You, you said it would blow it up. <laughs> blow it up. <laughs> I'm sticking, I'm sticking that there, it'll blow it up. An RPG would not blow up HMS Victory. There's oh, absolutely no way. Well, that's going to go in the comments, so people now are going to have to make that. So they're going to, I'm going to see what people say. An yeah. RPG into the side of a wooden ship. Not happening. It is not blowing up the HMS Victory. You are not going to fire it's one gonna... RPG at HMS Victory and blow it up. It's going to blow a hole in I mean, you think about it. These, these uh, 
these warships, they used to take in these blasts. I mean, I say used to. This was a long time ago, obviously. But they used to take them like cannons and stuff. It was a high explosive. Yeah, well, okay, fine. So you blow holes in the side of the ship with the cannons, but they still carried on blowing holes in each other. And then they repaired them and then they floated away again. I don't know an RPG has enough force to blow a hole in the side of the victory. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and even That's if it, it does have enough to blow a hole in the side of the victory, it's, it's not, not blowing gonna it up. sink the ship. It's not blowing it up. Depends where you hit it, it could blow it could blow it up. Hit the I'm enemy. Not... <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, there were ships that blew up if they like penetrated the ammunition hole. Yeah, what well, what was it called? The um Oh god me, I mean mine's gone blank. Right, we'll come back to it. But if you hit, right, hypothetical, if you hit a powder monkey on the victory with an RPG, the ship's going up. No. <laughs> it's going the up. The powder monkey's going to be the, the powder, powder monkey's going up. <laughs> I mean, he's probably going to land on the French coast somewhere, right? <laughs> but I'm not so sure even hitting a powder monkey is going to blow up because they only really carry enough gunpowder for a few cannons at a time because they don't need huge amounts they were like canisters of gunpowder mm, yeah um, yeah that's it it's I'm, going up I'm, I'm, we need someone in Lima land I'm just, just going to say I've made my point it's blowing up you're not right, blowing I mean, up I think we've all got friends in the military I would say that we uh, let's put the word to, out need to, have a, need to have a chat we need, we need to get that, yeah, need to get that worked out. And maybe there's somebody in the military that's going to listen to this podcast and will be able to definitively say how much wood can an RPG penetrate. Yeah, and, you know, anyone who wants the to... The only man who confirms if this is true or not is Horatio Nelson. And he ain't around no more. Because he He'll tell you his ship, what his ship can take and what it can't He's take. He's not the only man. Well, he is, I'm telling you. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, OK. We're in that sort of argument We're going to four-year-old argument again. <laughs> Well, we're doing that. That's actually fine. Well, fine. Um, so, everyone, thanks so much for listening to this. Um, it was great to get the, the new podcast going. Mark, Tony, thanks so much for great having to see a go you guys it. as well. And, you know, actually do something socially distance and actually be, you know, yeah. safe. No, yeah. it's been good. It's been really good. Um, yeah, everyone, if you want to comment on whether or not the victory would explode or not, just Put it down in the comments. It'd be great to see what people think. Can we do a poll? Is there any way to make it a poll? Uh, no, I don't know. I'll check. Stick it. I'll do a poll on the on the challenge group. Yeah, do, I'll do a poll There's on There's no there. point having two responses. The only response is no. <laughs> Stop much of a poll. Of a poll, is it? <laughs> Can you do a one, point, one, one, one tick poll? With the HMS victory, oh, that's basically what's going to be. They're just going to ignore the second option. You're, you're all outrageous. <laughs> all right, thanks very much, everyone. Thanks. Bye.